Good morning. It is 11.30 a.m. on Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and you're listening to Kingston Currents. CFRC's news programming is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and the Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. In the next half hour, we will be getting into a big change happening for ArtFest Ontario, including an interview with longtime director Lori McDonald. After that, we'll be getting into some headlines from the city, KFPL, South Frontenac, and St. Lawrence College. ArtFest Ontario is entering a new era, with a new team behind the festival this year after the departure of longtime director Laurie McDonald. ArtFest has been a staple each summer since it launched 13 years ago, attracting hundreds of professional artists across Canada and thousands of Kingstonians and visitors each year. After 12 years, director and founder of ArtFest Ontario as we know it, Laurie McDonald, is moving on to new artistic endeavors. McDonald announced the news in the organization's latest newsletter. McDonald is passing off the torch to a new leadership team, while she shifts her focus to new artistic projects, including launching The Artist's House, a project that will include workshops, artist residencies, and more. McDonald sat down with CFRC to chat about this change. Here's what she had to say. To get us started, I was wondering if you could share a bit of how you've been involved with the Kingston Arts community in the past before you got your start at ArtsFest. Well, I wasn't involved. I was was involved, but sort of um, through fanfare. So there, um, there used to be an art craft show before Art Fest, run by uh, Joan McGrath, and so I used to come to Kingston and exhibit as an artist, um, and travel and exhibit as an artist, and loved the city. Um, really liked coming. It was one of my favorite places to come because we used to, you know, go on tour and go all over the place. But I really loved staying in Kingston. You know the downtown and the you know the historic buildings and the waterfront. I mean, I just loved it. So it was really that's how I that was my experience. So I wasn't involved with the arts at all, other than that, um, before Art Fest. And what a way to get started. Yeah, it was sort of a weird thing the way it happened. Because Joan closed uh, Fanfare, the show, mm-hmm. and um, I had just started producing shows in Toronto at the Distillery District. So I was running art and craft festivals there, and and one of the I was at the one of a kind show walking around. One of the artists said to me, "In fact, Isabella from uh, you know the Potter, Chemin of the Windmills of uh, Provence Pottery. She's from Kingston." Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So she she's like, "Oh my God, you know, fanfare's closed. They closed fanfare." I'm like, oh no, you know, that's that's not you know that's terrible, whatever. But, you know, get, Joan was 80. I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> retire, right? But, you know, but her family didn't want to carry it on. So, anyway, my, but the lady said to me, you know, Isabel said, you know, why don't you take it over? Or do, why don't you start something? I'm like, oh. I never, you know, would never have thought of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, quite a ways away. And I was just, I was busy doing the Toronto shows. <clears throat> so, um, I was like, you know, why don't I, you know? So, Honestly, I only knew one person in Kingston. Her, I knew Isabella and I knew one other person, one other artist. Um, and uh, so it was a huge uh, endeavor to get it, to get launched <laughs> that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, how do you remember your start at Art Fest? It sounds like it was pretty trial by fire, walking in, not knowing anybody. Yeah, and there was a lot of challenges because, you know, like they used to have, uh, Fanfare used to be at um, right in front of the City Hall. 
mm-hmm. at the Confederation Park, Basin, Basin Park, right? And it was always Canada Day weekends. It was always a conflict because, you know, the city wanted to run Canada Day events and we were there in the park and they, it was always a, you know, a bit of a, a weird scenario though. Cause I remember one year when I was exhibiting there as an artist, um, we had to like pack up at three o'clock and leave the park, like in the busiest <laughs> part of the day, because this, they were going to have fireworks and the city wouldn't let us stay past three o'clock. It was crazy. And, we're still selling like, you know, guys, like you can't pack up. Like it was really awkward for everybody. But so anyways, they didn't want, they didn't want, it was, they, you know, Joan had a kind of grandfathered in that the, the event mm-hmm. could continue there, but was something new. They right away told me, there's no way you're, you're not allowed to have it at, at that part. So I had a number of challenges because, you know, starting something new, I couldn't have it in the same spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I also couldn't, you know, use fanfare, the name fanfare, because Joan wanted to retire the name, the family wanted to retire the name. So had to, you know, have a new name, a new place, new branding, the whole thing. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be really, really, you know, a challenge. Because fanfare had been running for 40 years and they were, everybody was used to it being uh, right downtown. I think it was, maybe it wasn't 40 years, maybe it was 30, but it was a long time anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah, so that was, that was tricky. For sure. And I, and you know, what, but um, events coordinator from the city said, you know, what about city park? And I didn't know city park. So mm-hmm. I drove down there in January and we we went to city park and we're standing there and honestly it was a blizzard. Like we're standing there in this park and it was so cold <laughs> and the snow was blowing everywhere. And it was really hard, you know, like thinking like, but I all of a sudden with it was such a beautiful park, all of a sudden I knew I could see, I could just vision it and picture it there. Like just, completely set up I thought wow you know what I this is gonna I could make this work here I know I could so that's uh I said yes so let's get started anyway that's how it all started but it was uh, yeah it was a lot of oh my god a lot of work initially the first year yeah absolutely and that felt like such an accomplishment when that all worked out in the first year though thanks yeah I was really nervous you know because I thought is any you know the artist you know, are they going to come? Are people going to come? You know, they're so used to it. It's really hard to get the word out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a new event. And actually, it's funny because the first artist I, I called one of my buddies, I said, I know, and I know she used to do art uh, fanfare. I said, you know, if I take over fanfare or do fanfare, move it uh, to City Park, like, will you come? And they're, they're like, no way. It won't work. And oh, I called wow. else and they said, no, it won't work. I'll ne- you know, I'm not, I won't do it. And then the third person I called said, you know what, I think it will work and I'm going to support and help you. So he said, I'll help, you know, get you uh, with the other artists too, because she's a bit of a, a leader in the arts community. She said, mm-hmm. let's, let's do it. So I said, okay. So uh, off we went. Yeah, that's awesome. How long ago was that? Uh, it'd be 13 or 14 years ago, I guess. It was about 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And how's it been to watch the festival evolve throughout your time? Oh, it's been so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. it really has. And, you know, I was the first year, you know, people came and I was like, I was so like, oh, my God, people came. I was so, <laughs> so relieved and so <laughs> thankful, you know, and, and some of them were negative, too, at first. And they said, you know, we didn't think it would work here, but oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We love it here. This is a <laughs> perfect spot for it because of the trees and the shade and the space. You know, down in front of the city hall, it was so crowded and, you know, it was mm-hmm. so hot and sometimes and you couldn't move. And 
and there was no trees there, you know, so really it was like the perfect spot. So, yeah. And then, you know, things, and I didn't have much programming or any programming the first year. I just had the art and craft show. Um, and so then I started, people were, you know, said like, oh, we you know, what about having music and what about having a children's program? And what about, you know, so all the things started to come into play and it was a huge learning curve and a lot of fun um, developing it. And, you know, like making great connections in, in the city of Kingston because, you know, people, the people of Kingston love the arts. They love, mm -hmm. love the festival, love the festival. And they really helped me build it because, you know, like you can't do this something like that by yourself, really. And, you know, I was doing it on my own. Like you need a lot of people to say yes and be support you really, because you can imagine like, you know, I didn't have a, like a huge budget or anything like for, <laughs> you know, launching this thing. I had to kind of grow very organically. So it took a lot of, you know, people just coming in saying, you know, we want to be part of this, let's get started. And then we'll, you know, let's make it grow and make it better. So it's been really fun. Like, like I, I we've done some really cool projects over the years, you know, like, <laughs> Some of the things that we've we've uh, attempted and and to do and yeah, it's been really really exciting. Yeah, definitely. I imagine it helped you kind of establish yourself in the community as well, like meet people right away when you were coming in, brand new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we used to, I was living in I live in Collingwood, right? So mm -hmm. a long drive, and at at first it was I couldn't even drive the whole way. I had to stop <laughs> at my mother's a half the way there in Toronto, and then stay overnight and go the rest of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, it was too far for me to drive with it, but now I can, right? But it took me a while to build it up. Like, oh, it's too far. But um, but I would go there, like I went there like every couple of weeks I drove because I I was having meetings with uh, you know, the arts council, other art organizations in the city and getting you know, getting them getting to know them and finding out how we could partner together and if they want to be part of the festival. Because I really you know, thought the best way to develop it was to um have it like a a festival with a bunch of little mini festivals like mm -hmm. so let's have the poetry festival within art fest let's have the music with you know a little music festival within art fest and let's have the theater there and um and the other aspects of it so that you know it wasn't just me trying to orchestrate everything it was other people from the community bringing um, their expertise and their people and their following like even like this Kingston School of Dance has been involved since the beginning too like you know they come and perform and they helped me helped me you know with bringing their audience to the show and their expertise you know and their color and their ideas and their creativity so it's really been so cool working with all the different or arts organizations the Kingston School of Arts another one like they've been involved since day one. Um, Karen Peppercorn with, you know, the her um, KCAD group, they've been involved since the very beginning. And Bruce Kaufman with the poetry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's really been, and not all theater groups, like we have, you know, the Blue Canoe Theater and, and Kick and Push and Theater and Kingston Theater. And then we've got um, the Barefoot Players from Queens, like all these, they just bring so much richness to the festival. Um, and you know, my I don't know I'm going on and on here a bit, but um, 
my kind of my concept for the event was that I wanted people, visitors to come and experience Art Fest, not just walk around and look at things. I wanted them to be able to do things when they're there and create memories and and bring their families and have it an all ages festival. And I thought that was really important. I feel it's really important to bring children into it from the very beginning. Because mm -hmm. kids who come in, come to Art Fest when they're little, you know, they surely may get bored and leave when they're teenagers. But you know what? As soon as they have families again, they're going to be there for sure again because it, you know, was such a great memory for them. And so it helps to, you know, have the festival grow, grow and and sustain itself with their audience, sort of mm -hmm. building a, you know, supporting your own growth in a way. I guess <laughs> makes sense. Mm -hmm, absolutely, yeah. Definitely has a way of bringing the community together and just laying it out there. It's so amazing how many fantastic organizations we have here in Kingston. Looking back on the past years, what are some of your favorite memories from the festival? My favorite memories were when, when we had, you know, they're not a theater, they're not a Kingston group, but they're from, they're friends of mine from Toronto Island and that's Shadowland Theater. So when we used to bring Shadowland Theater, they'd come and like, this is another thing, like they're friends of mine, they helped, they wanted to support and help develop the festivals. So they brought a whole bunch of color, like giant pits and costume making. And um, we did a parade um, every year and, we, and they taught stilt walking. So it was like, a, they even taught, they, they taught stilt walking to the visitors, like on the Saturday, Sunday, or like the, for the first two days. And then the third day, the the the, um, the visitors that, that were, you know, picked it up quick enough, they were in the parade on their stilts, like, performing with costumes on and we would build the costumes all weekend and make sets and it was quite an endeavor mm -hmm. <laughs> it over the top but it was so fun like mm -hmm. and people loved it and we did we do a little parade through the park so that was those are really you know and and also um the children's program like i just love the children's program because we do every year we do a different theme and we always have really fun interactive crazy stuff that that we do in the kids area like we build cities and we build and, and we build you know giant animals and we did all kinds of really fun stuff like and um this year though one of the, my favorite ones was the bike brush project you know because we we were hearing from the community that you know that there was a lot of concerns about climate change and and so, you know, how do we, how do Art Fest, you know, reflect that in our festival? You know, can we, you know, bring it, help bring attention to the, to the issues there and uh, make people more aware? So we had the idea and we're trying to make it also doable within our scope of what we can manage, right? So, we, and we, we had a really strong partnership with uh, Cycle Kingston. Mm -hmm. And so we've been encouraging people to ride their bikes to the festival and we have a bike lockup program and, and so we thought, why don't we do something with just keep, you know, developing that and make it stronger. So that was a, a sustainable Kingston, Cycle Kingston, and the climate, um, climate action group. Yeah, that was a really fun project. And we, and Karen Peppercorn, um, I don't know if you know Karen, but she's like a community champion of all artists. Like she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like she's an absolute amazing resource. So one of her former students, uh, Jade 
uh, she came, she was, I hired her to teach the, uh, facilitate the project. So um, uh, she was really great. She really did a fantastic job. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure it's really hard to narrow it down. So thank you for giving those examples of some of your favorite moments in the last few years. I did want to acknowledge you were also a director throughout COVID and bouncing back from COVID. I was wondering if you could speak a bit about that challenge. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really, yeah, it was catastrophic, basically, for, mm -hmm. for events, you know. It really was, you know, I mean, oh, how did we recover from that? We're still recovering from it. Um, and, uh, but, you know, the artists, you know, we, artists are survivors and we all rallied and, you know, did different things. Like I started the, um, art, I, I built an online art, an online shop for artists so they could help sell their work. There was a lot of artists that, um, you know, didn't have a website or this is like, you know, everybody has a website, but a lot of artists didn't. A lot of us were just still doing shows and, you know, traveling, doing the events and relied on that 100%. So artists didn't have a website or if they had one, it was outdated. Or they had one and they just never, you know, they never did any with it. They Someone told them they needed a website, so they got one. But then they were busy doing events, so they never really had time to kind of look after the, the online shop. So I built the online shop for the artists. And um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of work, really hard to do because I'm, you know, I had to learn that whole that I had to learn how to do all that stuff. Like that's not something that was in my wheelhouse either. I didn't know how to do any of that. But mm -hmm. and then I started doing live stream shows, which I'd never done before either. So <laughs> that was a lot of a lot of big learning curve. And you know, in the beginning of that whole thing with the with the live stream shows, you could kind of get away with it. Like it was everybody was new to it. So it didn't mm -hmm. matter that I wasn't a professional, you know, speaker or performer or anything. People just, you know, they kind of were you know, didn't mind didn't mind and I wasn't perfect at it but uh it was a lot of fun though I really did I really enjoyed it um but uh yeah so but you know the and then you know the we lost a lot of artists too you know a lot of mm -hmm. artists said you know what I'm just going to retire now I have had it you know and once you stop for two years like that it's really hard to start again like mm -hmm. you know like even from running the event it's amazing how much I forgot how like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> The million details that you forget that, you, you know, you forget that have to be done. And then a lot of the artists, too, just, you know, or they couldn't, you know, financially, you know, wait. They had to, you know, get other jobs. So we did lose a lot of artists. Um, but then, you know, the thing that's really interesting about that is that a lot of people that were had also changed, you know, weren't working, then started making things um in a smaller way at home and whatever and then all of a sudden you know they were there we have a bunch of new artists coming up and so that's kind of nice too like you know like getting a bunch of new faces and uh new new talent and new ideas so you know, it's a uh, part of the cycle i guess but that yeah that was a really not very good but you know the attendance has been hasn't been as back to normal yet at the event but I'm hoping, you know, this year will be stronger and then probably even by next year we'll be probably back up, hopefully to our, you know, back where we were. But, you know, it, it was it was really interesting because even though we had less people come as far as visitors go, mm -hmm. you know, the artists, they really, like, the visitors really supported the event. Like they, 
Mm-hmm. They came and they shopped and they bought and the artists were all, you know, felt that they were well received and, you know, they made sales and uh, there was lots of engagement. So, you know, it, it didn't matter that the numbers were down because, you know, we don't, it's a free festival. So, you know, we mm-hmm. don't, we don't, we don't benefit from having more people there, you know, like as far as organizing it goes. And as long as the artists are happy with their sales and the programming people are happy, then, you know, that's all fine. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, looking forward to the future, is this upcoming festival going to be your final festival with Art Fest or was the last one your last one? The last one was the last one, yeah. Okay. Did you know at the time that that was going to be your your last one? I did. Mm -hmm. And um, I I had originally worked with uh, Sophie Kowala last year. Mm-hmm. And Sophie was hoping to take on the project herself, um, but her her uh, circumstances changed, so um, that wasn't possible for her to take it on. So then um, I was, you know, scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't want to run the festival anymore. Uh, not that I don't love it, but I had other other things that I wanted to do and. I'd also felt like I'd taken Art Fest as far as I could myself. It's, you know, it's it's a big festival and it's really, it's too much for one person to really manage and run, to mm-hmm. be honest, now. So it really needed a team approach. And, and so I was hoping that I could get a group. So when Sophie said she's interested, I figured, you know, she, we had started building a group that was going to help take it over. But, um, you know, when that didn't work, then I had to start, you know, from scratch, try to figure out something else. So um, I really, for the health of the event, it's better that it's a group running it. There's just so much to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I did it all right. But, you know, like there's things that could be done better for sure that, you know, I just couldn't, you know, attend to. Like I just couldn't do everything that I, and there's, you know, as a festival grows, um, in in age and matures, you know, visitors, there's expectations, right, from visitors and from the community as well. So we have more and more things in place, and and so there's there's a number of things that need to be uh, shored up and addressed in a stronger way, like you know, making you know, working, getting more, uh, getting stronger with our accessibility features, for example. Like um, I did my darndest to have you know make make the festival welcoming for people with disabilities, but it was really a challenge to do that without the help and support of somebody kind of taking that on as a, as a project, really, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, that project is really a, a project that someone needs to kind of do. Um, and also like, you know, the whole, you know, managing with climate change, managing, making us a more green festival. It's another thing that's been on our radar, but we just couldn't, you know, we did our, the best we could, but there's room there as well to improve. Um, so yeah, there's lots of things that I think need to be done better. Um, <laughs> you know, but anyways, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Festival. I also, I, you know, I see things, I see where there's, you know, cracks, not cracks, but I see where there's like stresses where, you know, things need to be, to be, you know, done done better so i'm really excited about you know what for our fats going forward 
Well, uh, you've done an amazing job building the festival from the ground up pretty much as the director, but now you do have a team coming in. I was wondering how that process of passing the torch along has been. Uh, yeah, it's been, well, it's, it's been up and down, bumpy, good, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a journey mm-hmm. uh, for all of us because, but luckily, like, you know, the team is coming in, um, some of them, they've been involved with and worked with me at ArtFest. Mm-hmm. for the last few years number of years so it's not like they're not they don't know what's going on and what to expect and they don't know how it's run with it they do they, they're you know they've been working with me so um so that you know i feel very confident that they're going to be able to uh take you know move forward and and uh do the festival and also make it better because they brought in some other interesting aspects to it um and they're interested in, in, you know, kind of expanding some of the, this, the offerings and making them stronger at ArtFest. So it's really it's going to be great, I think. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to this new year. Moving on to what you're moving on to. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to discuss the Artist House and uh, any other of your upcoming projects now that you've passed along the torch for ArtFest. Well, I would love to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm in the middle of launching that right now, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's a dream that I've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited about working closer to home. Um, I have one, one and a half acres at my at my place, and I have a like a, an old home there and a studio and a, and a, a studio in the house, and then I've also got a, a school portable mm-hmm. on the property. So you know, and I've been you know I'm a community I'm a community minded person. And that's how I tend to build build things is, you know, organically, like even my way, you know, way I did art fest. So I have a lot of things going on already at my, on my property in the studio, sharing the space. We have a children's uh, group that uses it. We have summer art camps. We have an after school program. We have, um, I have a teen program going. We have a sculpture, we've had sculpture shows, art shows. I had a mini festival there in September. Um, and then I had another one in October. So there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. And so my what I want to do, though, is like I, cause I've got all these amazing connections with artists from all over Ontario. I want to invite them to come up and teach workshops um, at the studio and uh, bring some new, exciting things to our area from artists from all over, all over the place. And I've, you know, I've made some great connections with course over the years with all these artists they've been friends as well you know mm-hmm. We're kind of like a big family and because I'm an artist myself I I've always kind of you know been very I've approached the festival um, from the perspective of making the festival work well for artists and making sure they're taken care of and all their needs are met so I you know that's so I have you know I've built a lot of close relationships because of that my approach i think because of the yeah, event art best but so anyway they're all my friends you know the artists are excited about it i'm excited about it community's excited about it um so yeah lot, there'll be lots going on there so i'm i'm in doing the i'm doing the difficult stage right now of you know building my website and mm-hmm. getting all the machinations organized and getting ready to launch it it's, i mean there's already things going on but the official launch will probably be in May for the, for the official launch party. But, yeah, there's a lot of work to do between now and then. And, 
but I like challenges and I like building things. Like I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a builder. Like I think that's one of the reasons why I felt like, you know what, I built Artfest. It's great. Let's, you know, what now? Like I want to do other new things. And, um, and I, you know, I'm excited to see what Artfest, um, how it blossoms and grows and uh, evolves. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not attached. Like I, I know things will change. You know, and that's that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know, like it doesn't have to be done exactly the way Laurie McDonald. You know, you know like it's going to be it, things evolve, and that's a nat- the natural progress of and how it should be. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it but, sounds like you're yeah. moving on to so many amazing projects. So excited to hear more about those once they get launched. I was wondering yeah. where people can keep up with those projects. Yeah, so the Artist House is um, artisthouse.ca. I'm just in the middle of building the website. So um, the artist, you know, just the artisthouse.ca and also the shop. I'm, I'm keeping, I'm going to continue running the art, the uh, shop, the Artist House shop mm-hmm. for the artist, um, the team feels they've got enough on their plate this year running the festival without having to run the shop as well, like the online shop. So I'm going to carry on with that and manage that, keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so they can always uh, yeah find me on Facebook too. So Lori McDonald on Facebook and all the social media stuff. I'm just getting mm-hmm. all that also just launched and set up. So lots of, lots of things going on. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Well, uh, you've definitely left your mark on the Kingston community and on Art Fest, and looking forward to see all that you have in the works right now. Uh, but that was all the questions I had for you this afternoon. So thank you so much okay. for joining me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your interest. And thanks, thanks uh, your listeners for being such loyal uh, visitors and followers of Art Fest. Like without the community, our Kingston community, Art Fest, you know, just wouldn't uh, exist or thrive as it has. So it's really been a testament to um, so many people and so many hands all, you know, helping and working together to make it, you know, make, make it what it's become. So it's really Kingston rocks. I mean, Kingston's <laughs> awesome. You know, really, you know, they love, King, Kingstonians love art. They really do. Mm-hmm. And they support art. Once again, that was Lori McDonald signing off as our Art Fest director and moving on to new projects. Before we get into a few more local news headlines to finish off our morning, I'm going to turn it over to our weather and traffic report for today. For your weather report today, for this morning we're expecting mainly cloudy skies with a 60% chance of flurries late this morning and in the afternoon. Winds will be up to 15 km per hour and we have a high of minus 4. Wind chill near minus 16 in the morning and minus 6 in the afternoon. For this evening, we're still expecting mainly cloudy skies and a 60% chance of flurries. Winds will become 20 km per hour after midnight. We have a low of minus 11, wind chill near minus 8 in the evening and minus 18 overnight. Next up is Chloe Paris with your traffic report. Next up is your weekly CFRC traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban will be in effect as of January 1, 2024. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. Public Services and Procurement Canada, PSPC, wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation from Wednesday, November 1, 2023 through Tuesday, April 30, 2024. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. 
Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSPC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. Now, onto road closures. University Avenue, Union to Earl will be closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Center project. Pedestrian impact, Waband Crossing Bridge, mid-January 2024. The city is performing some pipe maintenance on the underside of the Waband Crossing. The maintenance is scheduled to take place on January 16th or January 17th, depending on the weather forecast. The work is expected to take less than one day's time. The work will not affect any vehicle traffic and will have minimal impact on pedestrians. The work will be performed from a bucket truck that will be parked on the Wabans multi-use pathway near the east shore. There will be 1.5 meters of space around the truck to allow for pedestrians to safely pass the work zone. The work zone will have some fencing and a construction person to assist with the pedestrian access when needed. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham, expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure. This has been Chloe Paris with your Tuesday, January 16th weather and traffic report. Message from the City of Kingston, protect your collector. Follow these winter waste set out guidelines. Snowbanks and winter weather make collecting household waste more challenging for collectors. This winter, help protect your collector from injury by placing your garbage, recycling boxes, and green bins where they can be clearly seen and safely collected. Follow these guidelines for setting out your waste and take two minutes to watch the city's winter waste placement video. Keep a path from the road to your collectibles clear of snow and ice. Choose a safe and visible ground level location at the end of your driveway or walkway. Place the collectibles on the right side as you face the street or on the boulevard closest to the curb. Avoid using white garbage bags for visibility purposes. When there are large snowbanks, please shovel a ground level shelf in the street side of the snowbank for your collectibles. Never place them on top of snowbanks where they can be difficult and hazardous to collect. In a message from South Frontenac Township, there will be so much fun on Saturday, January 20th when South Frontenac Township's Snow Social takes over the village of Sydenham just 20 minutes north of Kingston. This free family festival is in its second year and is taking place from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. throughout the village. The festival features a lineup of musical acts playing at both indoor and outdoor venues, including Bon Evans, Andrew Van Horn of the Celtic Kitchen Party, and Chris Murphy and Jess Wedden on the outdoor stage under the Big Tent, and Evan Jackson, Whiskey Smoke and Towns, indoors in the historic Sydenham Legion Hall. For kids and young families, there will be horse-drawn wagon rides through the village, snow tubing, face painting, storytelling, and a special Comedy Magic Show at Sydenham Library. Lowborough Public School will be the site of a vendor and craft fair, and the Point Park will feature various food vendors on site. New this year are activities organized by the Kingston Forest and Nature School. Events backed by popular demand include a guided bird walk, indigenous teachings around the fire, and the Elements Fitness and Wellness Obstacle Course. Snow Social is made possible by local businesses who sponsor the event, service clubs and agencies that have partnered with the township to provide programming, and volunteers. While the festival is free, donations 
applications will be accepted. There is free parking at Sydenham High School and Lowbro Public School and limited parking at the Point Park and Sydenham Library. Families are asked to dress warm and not to park on village streets for safety reasons and to allow room for wagon rides. More activities are being added. To see a full list of events, visit southfrontenac.net slash snowsocial. In a message from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, combat isolation, foster friendships at Talking Cafe. Discover the warmth of community connection at Talking Cafe, a collaborative initiative by Compassionate Communities Kingston and KFPL. Designed to combat social isolation and enhance mental health through designed to combat social isolation and enhance mental health through friendship building, this program invites adults and seniors to enjoy lighthearted, casual conversations guided by a facilitator. Jake Miller, librarian, states, quote, Compassionate Communities and KFPL recognized the importance of creating and maintaining friendships in adult life, a truth confirmed by the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. Talking Cafe is a great opportunity to connect with people you may not otherwise meet. This will be a fun, casual opportunity to expand your social circle and build new connections. Experience the benefits of improved mental well-being and strengthened community ties. Save the date for January 22nd from 3 to 4 p.m. at the Calvin Park branch. Registration is required and can be completed at calendar.kfpl.ca slash event. Author talk with Eric McBay, Inversion and the Art of Climate Storytelling. Discover a fresh perspective on climate awareness through the captivating storytelling of local author and activist Eric McBay, as he discusses his latest book, Inversion, at a talk hosted by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Inversion explores the story of a nomadic population living in a world of rich biodiversity that must routinely outrun fires that bring both destruction and renewal. McBay is known for his past works, including Kraken Calling, Full Spectrum Resistance, Deep Green Resistance, and Peak Oil Survival. Jake Miller, librarian, states, quote, Eric's stories go beyond our community, making sure everyone is aware of climate issues. This discussion offers more than just insights into climate awareness. It offers a fascinating journey into the artistry and research behind his storytelling. The event will be in a one-on-one interview format, taking place on January 27th at 2 p.m. at the Central Branch. An audience Q&A will follow the main discussion. Registration is required and can be completed at calendar.kfpl.ca. St. Lawrence College and Spaces Shared Partnership creates new affordable housing options for students. SLC has partnered with Spaces Shared, an online platform and team that pairs students looking for affordable accommodations with older adults who have extra space in their homes. The partnership will create new housing options for SLC students in Kingston and give older adults a way to leverage a spare bedroom for some extra income, company, and assistance around the home. Plans are to add Brockville and Cornwall in the coming months as well. SLC President and CEO states, quote, I'm thrilled about our partnership with Spaces Shared as it represents an innovative and practical solution to the ongoing housing challenges faced by our students. This opportunity will not only help ease the challenges by connecting our students with older adults who have extra space, it will also create a greater sense of community and belonging for our students and members of our community, end quote. Spaces Shared creates a listing of accommodations, vets each potential host and tenant, and gives ongoing support to make sure the home sharing experience always stays positive for hosts and students. Ryan Kinnan, CEO of Spaces Shared states, quote, there are two pressing housing problems in Canada today. Many seniors need support and companionship as they age in their homes, and students need safe and affordable places to live. So if you're an older adult in Kingston with spaces to share, we encourage you to visit our website and find out if Spaces Shared is a good fit for you. Signing up is easy, quick, and secure. 
Affordable housing is a significant challenge in Kingston. Home sharing is a proven model that increases the stock of affordable housing, encourages intergenerational relationships, creates extra income for older adults on a fixed income, helps people age at home, and alleviates social isolation for both hosts and students. Spaces shared aims to be affordable, and students can further reduce their monthly rent by doing some tasks around the home. Spaces Shared has successful partnerships with Wilfrid Laurier University and Georgian, Humber, and Lambton Colleges. That is all things current in Kingston for this week. Thank you for listening to CFRC's local news programming, brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, Waterlie Ware at 732 Princess Street, and the Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats, and sunglasses. Everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear.